Life Uncut podcast acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respect to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This episode is recorded on Gadigal land of the Aurora Nation. another episode of Life Uncut. I'm Laura. And I'm Brittany. And I feel like I have been away forever. You have been away forever. Well, I mean, I think I had 1.5 episodes off, but it's been a crazy time. Guys, my sister Sherry, she got married. It was the wedding that kept yeah. on wedding-ing-ing. She wedding-ed She wedding That was she, a really hard word to try and like elongate. To try and make up. Yeah. <laughs> she wedding There's a reason why it's not a word, one yes, might say. That is why. She had... Two weddings last week. Now, a lot of you already know because you're big followers of the podcast and Sherry's everywhere in the Life Uncut discussion group. Everyone knows her. Well, she's not just a listener. Like Sherry's like our admin person of Life Uncut. She is there deep in the trenches of the Facebook group. She does so much behind the scenes for us. Moderating the hell out of all you all. And she keeps Laura and I in line a lot as well. But she she got married to Jay, who is now my official brother-in-law. She got married last week, but she got married twice because Jay is, Indian so they had their traditional Indian wedding and then they had a Scottish Australian wedding because Jay is also Scottish but it wasn't just that it was like pre-Indian wedding party post-Indian wedding party pre-Australian Scottish wedding party post-Australian Scottish wedding party like she had parties yeah so before the Indian wedding you have what's called a mendi which is I guess it's the henna party all the women get together it's very traditional and this amazing woman came and did the henna on our hands and if you saw it on Instagram if you haven't seen it yet you can see it on my Instagram or Sherry's Instagram she was amazing she was sitting there if you looked at our hands, it looks like we had stenciled and this lady like drew the outline. It looks like there's no way she could have freehanded it, but she was absolutely mind-blowing. Don't you think it's like such a shame when someone does such a beautiful piece of work, but then it's so temporary at the same time? You're like, I want to take, like, I'm looking at your hands now. You've got the tiny little remnants. Of I look like I have scabby hands. But it just like, looks like I've got scabs on my hands because it's almost all come off now. But it's just like something that's so beautiful that you wish you could keep a copy of. It was a very... Very big week of parties, weddings and post parties, but I didn't have the best start to the week. So let me set you up. You know, everything comes in threes. That's what they say. Bad things come in threes. So I got to the airport with plenty of time to fly up to this wedding. Plenty of time. And I go to do the online check-in, you know, you're like, last name, where you're flying, you know, on the little self-booth, self-help booth. Put my name in, put my destination in, couldn't find me. It was like you need to go speak to an attendant. Great. Like, Isn't it so nice that now you have to do everything yourself and just go to a bag drop and the line's to like 500 people long? It's amazing that you can do it when it works. Yeah. But it didn't work. It, it doesn't was, work. I was like, go find an attendant. So I was looking around, there's no attendants. Waiting, waiting, waiting. Line was too long. Finally find an attendant. I'm like, hey, can you please help me? She's like, yeah, sure. Let's just have a little look. See, what's your name? Put my name in. She's like, oh, we don't have you on a. F- we don't have you in the system. I was you like, you didn't buy. A f- you didn't buy a ticket. And this is late at night. Why didn't right? you pre-check in before you got there? I tried to, and it said you can't. You know how sometimes it says you can't do this online. Sometimes that happens. I have a feeling that you booked a flight that wasn't that flight. Like you were on a different day. No, you fucked it up. For it it. Was, no, it wasn't me. It was. I don't even know what it was. It was just one of those malfunctions. But of course, it's like the day before something that you have to get there for a, a wedding. You know, something is actually very important and it's at night time so there was no other flight after me so I'm get. she's like you I don't have you in the system I said oh have you spelled my name right and she's like 
put it in again and I was like oh, well, this is weird she's like you, you're not on a flight and I said well I am on a flight I have a confirmation email and I showed her the email and she's like well you, you're not in here and I was like it doesn't really matter if I'm in there or not like oh, I'm getting on a flight I was like I you, paid for it yeah so I still to this day don't know what happened she got all these supervisors involved everyone came and I said look this is my sister's wedding tomorrow. I have the confirmation here. You need to get me on a flight right now. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, look, I think we've found you. And I could see them typing it in. I think they just like booked me in and be like, here you are. They just like typed in that I was in seat 100A near the toilet. So I get the flight. I come through. I'm wandering around, getting a coffee, getting a drink, getting some food, you know, like when you think you've got plenty of time. I just happened to decide to look up to double check the boarding. You know how sometimes I change the boarding gate? So I look up to the screen and it says, last call boarding for my flight. So because it didn't come up and register, my, I didn't actually have a seat. I didn't get the text message or email to say that the flight had been moved forward. Wait, so they brought the flight forward. forward. They yes. can't do that. Well, Laura Byrne, they did it. When do they bring a flight forward? I don't know, but they brought it forward by... It, I still reckon you were booked on the wrong flight. You booked a different airline on a different flight no, on a different day. Because I've got the confirmation. So I, I'm running. I'm literally the last person on the airline. I'm running through the airport. I'm like, if I miss this after almost not even getting on this flight. So I don't know what happened. For some reason, I wasn't supposed to get it. I'm the last person on and I make it. The next day... Now it's the night before the wedding. I find out my bridesmaid's dress for Sherry's wedding, the Indian wedding, is called a lehenga. A lehenga is traditional attire for the Indian wedding, so that's what I was wearing as Sherry's bridesmaid. And Jay's family were bringing that from overseas. They had picked it for me. They'd picked Sherry's outfit. They'd picked all these beautiful outfits. When they were flying overseas, one bag got lost, one bag. We get here, this is the night before the wedding, and the only thing in that bag was my lehenga. So I had nothing to wear. I was doing call-outs on the, you guys, so many of you, and I thank you so much. So many people were writing to me saying that they had something. I was calling around all of these stores, and this is like two hours to go before close. It's, everything closes at 5 o'clock. The wedding started at 6.30 a.m. 8.30 that night, the bridesmaid's dress turns up. So that turns up last minute. I feel like as much as they sound like they're bad things, like none of them are actually that bad because nothing bad happened. Like they, every single thing resolved. Yes, they all worked out. Yeah. My whole point is it was just a very stressful start to the week. And then I've just had the biggest week of my life. And right now I'm like, Sheridan, you can never, ever get divorced because I'm not doing any of this again. Like congratulations, but I'm not doing it ever again. Knowing that this was the wedding that kept on wedding-ing-ing, what was your favourite? Like if you were to say, pick a favourite between the Indian wedding and the, I don't know if we can call it, is it, do you call it an Indian wedding? Between the more traditional wedding. Yeah, we. I mean, we all call it, the, even Jay's family, they call it the Indian wedding, the Indian ceremony, because Jay's family were referring it to as the Indian wedding, the Australian wedding. That's just what they were referring it to. Was there a difference between like how they both, as in like, you know, what time of day that they were both took place? Like, was there a difference between like the energy or the dancing? Like what were the main differences between the two weddings well yeah so the thing is a normal Indian wedding would go for quite a long time like usually three days to a week that's you know there's a lot of big celebrations so this was a very condensed version this was just to really touch on Jay's culture but one day. Do you know what I love about Jay? I love that Jay has the Scottish heritage, so therefore he was wearing a kilt. He has the Indian heritage, so they had that cultural part of the wedding. And then Sherry is just Australian, which I feel like we just don't have <laughs> just the, Australian. We don't have the cultural traditions. Like, what are you going to do? Have meat pies at the ceremony? Totally, a couple of little lamingtons. No, but that's right. Jay is Scottish as well. So everyone in the family wore the kilts to touch on the Scottish. There was bagpipes. Like it was beautiful. I could not pick between 
like which one I preferred because they were so different. I loved learning about Jay's culture. I loved meeting all of his family because he had a lot of extended family that came that I never knew and just seeing how they interact, how they interact with Jay, the difference with the food. Obviously, it's a lot of beautiful Indian food. We just gorged ourselves on Indian food all day and that starts from first thing in the morning. Like you have Indian for breakfast, then we had it for lunch, then we had it for brunch, then we had it for a snack and then we had it for dinner. It's also very different, I guess, in the way that the celebrations take place. Like there's no alcohol in an Indian wedding, but there was alcohol, I'm guessing, at like the white oh, wedding. Yes, there was. Oh, yes, there was. <laughs> there but, was lots and lots of alcohol flowing at the white wedding. But honestly, we are just, I mean, I'm so happy for Sherry. I'm so happy for you guys. I'm glad that it was just such a beautiful week for Sherry and for Jay. And if you see Sherry in the Facebook group, go and give her your congratulations. Yeah, she's behind the scenes. Well, she's not even behind the scenes. She's in the front of the scenes too. But it was something about seeing your little baby sister. I cried the whole time. Just, it was really beautiful watching her marry the love of her life and knowing that I don't have to worry about her ever because he's such an amazing man. But that's all I'm going to say. And now we're going to go to your wedding soon in a couple of weeks. I'm going to cry all over again. And I'm going to cry so bad. <laughs> yeah, you are. People have been asking like what role the girls are going to play in the wedding. And I, we have so many bridesmaids and like page boys. It's just like it's this plague of children and a dog. And there's just like that's what's going to go down the aisle. And Is then Busty going down the aisle too? I think so. We, I've, been, I've been trying to find an Airbnb that will allow to have dogs so that he can be with us on the ceremony day. So you're trying to get busted to New Zealand? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Real stealth, Brit. Okay, but before we get into answering all your deep, your dark and your burning questions, which is exactly what this episode is all about, Brit, there was something that you have seen that you wanted to share with me. And I think I know what it is and it's so fucking spectacular. Okay, I have been losing my absolute shit at this. I could not stop laughing. I watch Love is Blind. I am a fan of Love is Blind. I didn't watch season two, to be fair. I watched season one, but season three is out now. Have you ever seen it, Laura? I've not seen an episode, but we have spoken about it on the podcast before and you truly shared your deep level of excitement and joy for this TV show. Well, Love is Blind, just in case you haven't seen it, it's a very light, easy watch. It's a love reality TV show, but the whole idea is, you know, there's like 10 or 12 guys and 10 or 12 girls and every day they can go into these little diary rooms that just has a mirror that they look back at themselves but they can't see each other but they sit and face each other and they talk and they get really deep and they tell their life stories. So it's about falling in love with someone without seeing the way they look. Yes and the whole idea is is love actually blind because then they propose like they can propose and accept the proposal and then once they've agreed that like they're the couple, they're in the relationship, they get the big reveal and they get to see each other. So the question is like, is love actually blind? Can you fall in love with someone's personality but then still be in love with them when you physically see them? Has there been any couples from this TV series that have actually lasted or worked out? Yeah, there's been a couple from season one. That's like three years now. Like there's been a couple of really successful couples. The show is intriguing on so many levels, especially I love watching their faces when the big reveal because – they're always going to act surprised, but sometimes you see this one little second of hesitation where they're like, oh, that's not what I imagined. <laughs> what the fuck did I get myself into? But what has just happened is so funny and every single person needs to go and YouTube. We're going to put it up. We'll put it up on the uh, Instagram page, but you need to go and watch the video. It would really be a test for how superficial you are when it comes to looks. Because like looks are important to everyone at varying degrees. You know, like I think we are always going to be attracted to someone straight away based on the way that they present themselves. Like, you know, if you see a 
guy in a bar or a girl in a bar. You're not like, oh, I wonder what their personality is like. You're like, that person's hot. I'll go and talk to them and find out what their personality is like. But when you take that out of the equation and you get to know someone, like often you will fall in love with someone or start to have feelings for someone who maybe aesthetically wasn't your type to begin with. But because you have built that connection, you now start to see them as being attractive. But of course it's superficial. Like it's funny you say that because when I was away for this week, for the wedding week, Simon, my best friend, you guys all know him. He was my wedding date. He's a really good friend of mine. He was watching me online date, right? And he was watching me swipe. And I was swiping so quickly because I am like a pro and I've done this for 10 years. He was like, well, hang on a minute. You didn't even look at that person. Why are you saying no? And I was like, like, I I know. I was like, like, I saw. Uh, They're like, I said, I saw. I saw what he looked like. He's not my type. And he's like, but what if he's a really nice person? How will I ever know that through Tinder? I said, why? That's irrelevant right now. This is the dating apps are superficial, right? That you're going to say yes or no to someone based on the way they look. Which is really shit because for some people, it's why they don't end up getting matches, but they're actually, you know, a 10 out of 10 person in all other aspects. But like when you think about it, it's just based so solely on that one for some people, it's based on that very first picture. That's what we date off. 100%. And I, to be fair, I do love when they have funny captions and stuff like that. I do love that. And I, I give people a chance. If, but you've got to get me really quick because I just don't have time. <laughs> I don't have the time or energy. But going back to Love is Blind, season three, I think it was episode four, what I want to tell you about, if you just Google Love is Blind teardrop, you'll find the video. The producers did this poor guy so dirty. His name's Andrew Liu. He's one of the male contestants on the show. And long story short, he had a crush on this girl. The girl sort of had a crush on him back, but then the girl chose someone else. They were doing an interview with him about how you feel, about, you know, how do you feel, Andrew, that, you know, it didn't work out for you and you got dumped and all this stuff. And Andrew... Like an exit interview. It's an exit interview, right? And he starts talking, explaining, and he's fine, right? He's just like chatting away. And then he says, oh... Hang on, are the cameras rolling? Like, are you ready to go? And then you hear the producer say, you can tell it's all behind the scenesy stuff. Then you can see the producer say, yeah, yeah, we're rolling. He's like, oh, just give me a minute. He gets out some eye drops. Visine. And he puts some eye drops in his eyes. And for a second you're like, oh, maybe he's got a sore eye or something. But he goes, hell for leather. Like, these eye drops are everywhere. Then he puts his face back down and it's like, it is action. He's on. He starts being like so emotional. He's like, it's so hard going through what I went through. Like the eye drops were tears. Then he stops again. The producer asks him another one. He goes, hang on, time for round two. And he's like happy and normal. He's like, time for round two. Gets the eye drops again, splurts them all over his face. You can see the, you can see the eye drops running down his cheeks. He goes four times in each eye. Then he puts his face back down, composes himself and then says, I just never thought I would develop feelings for someone on here that would make me cry. <laughs> what the fuck, Andrew? Oh, I have not even it's so seen, funny. Like I haven't even seen this show, but I have seen this video and it's so fucking funny. It also makes me realize like some people do reality TV shows, like reality dating shows or whatever. And they are acting. They are acting from the minute they walk in to the minute they leave. They know what to do to try and like get the emotive response out of the viewer. But the thing about Andrew is he didn't realise that, you know, everything that's caught on film can end up on the TV. Well, because you never think in those moments, you never think that they would use that. Like Andrew would have been like, I'm going to give them this really sad scene. I'm going to give them heartbreak. I'm going to give them what they want. That's enough. He would never in a million years have thought they were going to put the hold on a minute while I fake cry. Can we just like, guys, we're going to actually get the video. We're going to put it on our social media. For anyone who doesn't know what we're talking about, go and look at our Instagram because it is just the most brilliant piece of reality TV gold that I think everyone needs to see it. It's so fucking great. I mean, great. from someone that's about to be on a reality TV show next month, it's made me worried. I'm like, mm, what did I say? 
saying to the producers behind the scenes. But there's plenty of times it happens. I mean, I remember in our season of Bachelor, the girls would go and hide in the bathroom or in the toilet to talk about what they were feeling or thinking, like the things that they really felt or really wanted to say. They would go and hide in the bathroom. And then I think our season was the first season where they started to really show behind the scenes production. Like they saw the cameraman running. They, you'd see like, you know, the producer running over to the bathroom and then the camera was basically just on a toilet door. But you could hear what the girls were saying inside the toilet. That was a very different technique to how they would run reality TV back in the day. But I guess that's because the whole landscape of reality TV has been shifting. And now we start to see behind the fourth wall so much more. And it's when you get those little glimpses into the actual like runnings and the mechanics of it that you start to see who people really are. Oh, yeah, because it's I think it's come off the back of remember the Unreal TV, that show that came out. Did you watch that? Yeah, Unreal was basically like a whole series which showed how the production of The Bachelor unfolded from behind the scenes. It's brilliant. It's actually so fucking true, I think. Like, until people die and stuff in Unreal. But it's very, very real. (laughs) All right, let's get into the episode. All right, let's get into answering all your deep, dark, and your burning questions. I'm going to kick it off with question number one. Hi, girls. I've been with my partner for nine years and have had two-year-old twin boys. At the start of our relationship, I told him about a one-night stand I had prior to our relationship. But because I live in a small town, I didn't share with him the details of who it was with. I just didn't want the shame and the judgment associated with hooking up with a well-known fuckboy. <laughs> Naturally, he has always been quite curious, but never pushed it. Until not long after the twins were born, he kept asking more frequently. So I told him, I don't even know what compelled me to divulge all of a sudden, but I did. And since then, this has been a very sore point in our relationship. I can sense a lot of judgment and shame from myself and from him. He can't seem to shake it either. I've told him I just want to move on from it and that while I do care, I'm not responsible for his emotions about this. Am I being selfish to want to put this in the past and forget about it? Or do I need to be more sensitive to his feelings? I mean, Volcano. You can't say Volcano. Like this is serious for them. Yeah, no, I mean, Volcano to this guy. This is the reason I say Volcano is you had a one night stand with someone. You didn't cheat on your partner. This is before you even knew him. And we're talking like a decade ago now since you've been with your partner for nine years. Yeah. So a decade ago, you hooked up with someone and now it's causing a problem in your relationship. That's to me... I guess a bit confusing. I wonder if there's more there on his side. Did he have some sort of a connection or a relationship to this person in the small town? Like you did mention it was a small town. So were they friends or does he feel like you've lied to him by keeping it from him for this long? Because I'm a bit perplexed at what he's upset about. I think, look, this happens in relationships where you might find out something about your partner from their past. Like you might find out something that they did or someone that they slept with and it might make you feel icky because like you kind of feel like, well, had I known that earlier, maybe I would have felt differently about you. But the reality of this is that 10 years ago, you slept with someone and you were a very different person 10 years ago to who you are now. So you don't have to carry around shame or judgment or anything for the decisions you made 10 years ago. At the time, it seemed like a good fun time. You had no idea that you were going to end up in a relationship with someone who you're going to have twins with, who you would have to explain that night to down the track. I also think it's really unfair to do this to your partner in terms of like what your partner's doing to you. It's so unfair for us to push our partners for information, to push them for something that like, and when I say information, I don't mean like when it comes to them cheating or something like that. I mean like information that is from before you were together, information that truly is not going to benefit your relationship at all. To push your partner for information and then when they give you that information, punish them for it. 
especially when they did not do anything wrong. I think it's a really cruel way to treat your partner. And also it's such a self-sabotaging thing to do in relationships. For me, I, I look at this and I think that there is an element of it's quite childish of him. It's quite selfish of him, but it shows that he's not able to regulate his feelings of jealousy. And well, that's kind of what was overclouding this whole thing. We actually did an entire episode on this and it does have a name. It's called Retroactive Jealousy Disorder. So if you type in that into our library, Retroactive Jealousy Disorder, it will come up you'll find it but it's where one person in the relationship becomes very consumed and very overwhelmed and obsessive about their new partner's past relationships and it does cause a real divide in your relationship it's something that they can't move past and to someone that doesn't suffer this I guess it's like us we sit here right now and we say oh my god it was a decade ago get over it but maybe your partner has a touch of this maybe they have something that they really need to work through because I don't like to ever use the word normal but this situation isn't so normal to be having problems in your relationship about something that happened one night a decade ago before you were together. So it could be a good idea for you or maybe both of you. Maybe he can have a listen to this episode as well or just do a little bit of research on the episode. But a lot more people actually experience it than you would think. Yeah, and I think the other big thing from this is the question that you asked is like, should you tell him to kind of get over it or do you need to be more sensitive to his needs? I don't think that you can just say get over it to someone because like that's not going to move you forward in any way. But I do think in this instance, it's very important to say like, I'm really sorry that you are struggling with this so much, but I cannot be and continue to be sorry for something that I did 10 years ago before we were together. It doesn't define who I am now. It should have no impact on our relationship. And the fact that it does doesn't lie with me. It lies with you. And so I think you might need to go and speak to someone about it, or maybe we can go and speak to someone together and we can unpack why this is such a big deal for you. But it shouldn't be. And it really can't continue. And at the moment, the way that he's going and holding this against you and making you feel shameful for something that you did so long ago is only going to sabotage your relationship. And it's, it's to be honest, it's not fair. It's, it's not fair. It's not you. fucking fair. Okay. Well, while we're talking about jealousy, which is common, I have another question regarding jealousy. So I feel like now is the time. I also think that so many people at different points in their relationships deal with jealousy. Like it is a very fucking common thing and it's a very common thing that we get questions about. I think it depends on the relationship you're in. And we've spoken about this before. I don't think I'm a jealous person, but I've definitely been in relationships that have made me very, very jealous. And I think crazy. Yeah. And it comes down to how secure you are in yourself, but also in your relationship. All right. Well, hear me out. I've been with my boyfriend for almost four years now. I love him very much, but he does get a little jealous every so often. I have always struggled to make friends. I'm pretty introverted and have always seemed to gravitate towards male friends. Since moving back to my hometown, I've made a really nice guy friend at my local gym. It's purely platonic, but he is single and he's keen to hang out outside of the gym. Oh, yeah, I bet he is. Mm. Well, yeah, I bet it's platonic. We get along super well and he does know that I have a partner. I would love to hang out with him more, but I'm a bit worried my partner will get jealous. Is it weird to have male friends when you are in a serious relationship? If not, how do I approach this with my partner? Ooh, Ooh. tricky. And you know what? Okay, we always say that, yes, you can be friends with people of the opposite sex. Can you intentionally strike up a friendship with someone of the opposite sex when you are in a long-term relationship? And knowing that you want to hang out without your partner. Did that, is that what she said? She wants to hang out without her partner or she just doesn't really want to include her partner? Well, it just says he's single and keen to hang out with me outside of the gym. But she hasn't mentioned, she just says, am I allowed to do that? Okay, so here is my, and I'm talking about it from my perspective as in like in my relationship. If Matt came home from the gym and said, 
Hey, Laura, I've just met... I mean, he, he doesn't call me Laura, so that's weird. Hey, babe. Hey, babe. <laughs> hey, babe. I've just made a friend at the gym. Her name's Sarah, and we're going to hang out and have lunch on a Friday and then go for drinks. I'd be like, that's fucking weird. That is weird. That is weird that you're doing that. But do you think you'd be like, okay, for the first time and just be like, because you don't want to control him or say no? Or do you reckon straight up you'd be like, mm, do you think that's weird, Matt? I would probably think it was weird myself, but wouldn't verbalise it. Mm. I would definitely verbalise it if they started hanging out more and more, if he wasn't including me. I think the difference is if he came home and was like, I met this girl at the gym, she's so great. I reckon you guys would get along so well. We should go out for dinner one night. And we all went out together. I wouldn't find that weird at all. But, but leaving you at home on a Friday night while he's like, I'm just going out with Sarah. Yeah, but it's the exclusion, <laughs> right? Like it's when, you know, and, and like I think, I think that guys and girls can be friends, but there has to, one, be no chemistry there at all. Like, you cannot find him attractive. Yes, you might think he's a great person, you want to be friendly with him, but, like, physically, you cannot be remotely physically attracted to him. And, like, don't lie to yourself about this because that's only going to come and backfire in your face, I I think. I guess, like, when you're in a relationship, of course you can maintain your long-term friendships with people who are of the opposite sex. But I do think it becomes a tricky situation to strike up new friendships, especially if you don't intend to bring your partner into that friendship. Like, if you're trying to exclude your partner and then have a relationship with someone who's of the same sex as just friends... I think it's a fucking really great area because one person always ends up catching the feels. Things always end up going a bit weird and there is the risk that your partner's going to get really jealous and feel excluded. I agree. And I think the only thing that I would say or add to this is if you genuinely have zero attraction to him, you're not lying to yourself, you just, you know, think he's funny and think he's great or whatever it is, the most I would say you could do or should do is maybe after the gym – if there's a coffee shop that's there, you don't have to go out of your way. If it's like, do you want to grab a coffee on the way out? Half an hour. And then you also tell your partner about it. So you're really honest. You're like, oh, I had a coffee with Johnny after the gym today. But that is it. Otherwise, yes, hang out with him for sure with your partner. Invite him over to your house with all of your friends for a barbecue. Make it a big inclusion so it's very obvious that you're together. The lines have been drawn. There are boundaries. And then, sure, he can come into your group as a new friend, but you going to hang out with him one-on-one and also you saying he knows you're in a relationship and just wants to be friends. Like that is really cute and innocent of you to think that. And let's give him the benefit of the doubt that that is true, but I'm putting my bets on that 99% of that is not true. He obviously has some little attraction to you in some capacity. I also often think that we overcomplicate these sorts of questions. And like when these sorts of things arise in our relationships, we can create more problems for ourselves than what we need to. And what I mean by that is If you need to ask if you're doing the wrong thing, if something feels uncomfortable for you in that like maybe you're dancing with fire or maybe you're doing something that you think would upset your partner, if you have those feelings and that intuition that this maybe isn't the right thing to do, the likelihood is is that it's not the right thing to do. And I think like ultimately you probably don't need to write in a question to get an answer when something in you is already telling you that your partner is going to be jealous and not okay with it because I think – He's the only person who can tell you what he feels comfortable with. Ask him. The only other thing I want to say, (laughs) there's always one more thing because as you were talking, I was thinking about it. It's something that I said earlier. I made a joke about, you know, when we swipe online and you have to have a physical attraction to them, you know, obviously that's not the be all and end all, but online it is. For you to say now that, you know, there's, that's just platonic, even if you don't have a physical attraction to him. One thing that I do want to say is physical attraction is not the be all and end all. So you might not have that 
surface level attraction to him. But I can almost guarantee if you guys are getting along that well, there's something you really like about him, whether it's his humor, whether it's his morals, whether you just have great banter, whatever it is. If you start to hang out with this person one-on-one, even though maybe at the beginning, the physical attraction wasn't there, I can pretty much say you'll develop an attraction because it's, it's human nature, right? If you are bonding with someone at that level, he's obviously interested in you if he's wanting to hang out with you. And I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but it's it's a risk. You're putting yourself in a situation that could develop into something that gets you into a very, very sticky situation. So the question is, is it worth putting yourself in that situation? And is it worth, is hanging out with this guy as a friend occasionally worth jeopardizing your relationship and making your current partner feel jealous and uncomfortable? That's the big question here. Yeah. And you know what? There's a part of me that fucking hates this answer. There's a part of me that's like, no, you should be able to be friends with whoever you want to. You can like, you know, be a grown ass adult and have friends who are the opposite sex. Like that's what I want to say. Me too. Real like feminist Laura, live your best life wants to say, you should be able to be friends with whoever you want to of any sex, it doesn't mean that you're going to end up catching feels for them. You're a grown up, you can behave appropriately and you can make decisions for yourself. That's what I want to say. But then the other part of me is a realist and I'm saying like, well, what's going to be okay in your relationship? And I think ultimately we can't answer that for you. If you are worried that your partner is going to think that this is inappropriate, ask them. Ask him, say, I've met a friend at the gym. This is the situation. Do you think it's weird? Would you be upset if we hang out? And if he says yes, then there's your answer. And I want to say that too. I really want to be like, you can be friends with anyone because I have so, I probably have more male friends in all honesty than female friends. I get along with males really, really well. But when I was reading this question, I thought- But sometimes you end up having sex with them. Exactly. (laughs) That is my whole point, Laura Byrne. You're like, I am friends with a lot of these guys, but when I think about it, I think most of them you've slept with. Well, yeah, that's my whole point is, right? Are these the kind of friends where if I was in a relationship, would I still be having these friendships? And the answer is no, because half the time I want to tap it. Exactly. All right, let's get into the the last question. Question number three. Something a little bit different. To what extent do you have a say about your partner getting a tattoo that you don't like? Zero. Really? No. <gasps> I'm going to be one of those people that's been on the fence on this one. If you're – zero, it's your partner's body. If your partner wants to get a tattoo nah, – I'm against you. No. If your partner wants to get a tattoo that they love, that is important to them for whatever reason is important to them, Okay. and you don't want them to get it, all you can say is, is I don't think that that's appropriate. But if they're going to yeah, go so out – Yeah, so you do have an – you do have – Well, I mean, like, of- it depends on what it is. Like, if, if they're just getting a shit tattoo that looks a bit ugly, like, let's, you know, Ben Affleck with the dragon down his back – If they're just getting a bad tattoo, that's one thing. If it's hate speech or something that's anti-Semitic or it's a, you know, symbology that goes against your belief system, then that's a very different thing. But if it's just a bad tat, a shit tat, you can't tell them not to do it. You can't tell them that you have ownership over their body or anything like that. I wouldn't say I have ownership, but I would tell them not to do it. I I own your back. But like, what's the outcome? Okay, if you were dating a guy and he was like, I'm going to get a sleeve and you're like, that is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Well, I would be very honest with my opinion. Obviously, yes, of course it's their body and they're going to do what they want. You don't own them. But I think you can give a pretty strong opinion if you're in a long-term relationship. So, Laura, what if Matt came home to you and said – He's getting a full chest piece from the chin down, so his neck, all down his chest, all down his tummy, and it's a memorial for the queen. It's the queen's face. (laughs) 
And what if he said that to you? What would you say? Would you be like, your body, you do what you want? Matt is covered in tattoos. Like he's actually covered in tats. Yeah, but they're, they're all fine. It's not a giant picture of the Queen's face on his body. He has a tattoo on his feet that says... You don't remember. I can't remember what it says. I've forgotten. It says, die by your kiss or something like that. Oh, my. He does not. He does. It's one on each ankle and it's kind of like it's continuous. Like, live by your smile, die by your kiss, something like that. That is, you need to take a photo of that and put it on your stories. That I, will, is, I would take a photo of Matt's ankle tattoos. Well, A, it's so funny that he has that tattoo. B, it's so funny that you have no idea what the tattoo says. You're about to marry <laughs> the guy. Because it doesn't mean anything. Like, it, it's, like, it doesn't mean anything to him. It doesn't mean anything to me. He's also got our kids, like, oh, actually, he's only got Molly May's birthday on his oh. arm. He's been meaning to get Lola's, but he Poor forgot. Lola Derby. If Matt was going to get a whole picture of the queen's face down his chest (laughs) (laughs) you'd be like i'm jealous i have retroactive jealousy i would i would think it would be fucking weird i'd be like that is a really weird shout and i'd love to know where that came from he is a bit of a monarchist so like he probably would think about it i would find it weird would i tell him that he can't do i would say I would like you not to do it, but would I stop him from doing it? No. And would I like, would our relationship be threatened by it? No. Well, like, you're not going to leave. I'm not going to leave him. Am I going to like love him less? No. Probably. Will I, be- <laughs> <laughs> Will I have sex with him less? Yes. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> that part is, is very, very clear. But no, I think when it comes to things like piercings, when it comes to things like tattoos, when it comes to things like cosmetic surgery, when it comes to things like getting Botox, I think it's okay to voice to your partner that you don't approve of something or you don't want it, but you can't tell them what to do because we don't own our partner's bodies. We don't have ownership over them. And I think it's a very controlling thing to try and tell someone what they should and shouldn't do with their own body. I agree. And the question is, to what extent do you have a say about your partner? I think all you can do, and this is all I would do, I would be very honest with my feelings. You're never going to say you can't do this. You don't give them an ultimatum. Don't say, if you do this, I'm leaving. If you do this, we're not having sex. If you like, that's just toxic. What you can say is, I don't find that attractive. If you don't, if you don't find a whole sleeve or a whole leg piece or whatever, if you actually don't find it attractive, it's okay to say that. I think it's, it's just an, it's not an honest thing. Generally speaking, I don't find that attractive. If you really want to do it, fine. I'm not going to stop you, but it's not my ideal tattoo. Maybe you could even say, have you thought about this? Maybe you could suggest something else. But I think it's okay to be honest in a relationship about something that is going to be permanent change to your partner's body that you have to look at for the rest of your life. I think it's okay to have an opinion. Yeah, I think it's okay to have an opinion, but I also think it's pretty important to tell them that you wouldn't love them any less. Like if Matt- (laughs) P.S. Still love you. Because like, I think, you know, if Matt was to say he wanted to go and get a really shit tattoo- Like that doesn't change him as a person. And so like, yeah, there would be part of me that would say, okay, I don't really like the tattoo and I don't find the tattoo attractive, but I still find you attractive. Like I think you have to be careful with that because even if you're not giving them an ultimatum, telling them I don't find that attractive is the same as saying I don't find you attractive if you do it. It's an ultimatum without meaning to be an ultimatum. And I think be careful with that because, you know, even though on one hand we're sitting here saying you shouldn't give ultimatums and you can't own someone's body and you can't, you know, put your preferences on someone, language is really important. And I think that by saying that in that roundabout way, you're kind of getting the same outcome anyway. Well, that's why I think it's important to say, I don't find that kind of a tattoo attractive. Not, I don't find you attractive. Totally. totally. Yeah. But I think at the end of the day, give a very loving, 
diplomatic and thoughtful opinion of said tattoo. And once he gets it, send us a photo so we can tell you if we <laughs> think it's a shit tat. Do you know what? I would love to see how many people out there's partners have just had like the worst tattoos that I they just hate. A, I have a terrible tattoo. I have two. Yours is not terrible, but it's I often forget you have it. And then it's sometimes so it, big. it's a big dick on a back. <laughs> I have a fucking massive dick on my back. <laughs> no, but sometimes I catch it and I'm like, I forget you had that. I have a, do you know what? I went through an eat, pray, love moment in my 20s and I have a great big hamster hand down my side. You which found is just, just it's just so stupid. Like found I found yourself I, and you found a tattoo. I was, yeah, I was 23. I was going through a breakup and instead of cutting a fringe, I went and had a Valium and got a tattoo on my it's, side. You're making it sound really bad. Why don't you go, Why don't you start the thread? Why don't you put a photo of your tattoo up that you don't like and then everyone else can, I know you've got I another also one. Have, I also have another eat, pray, love moment. I have a shit mandala, which is on my wrist and it is off centre. And it's, do you know why it's off centre? Because everything in life is not balanced. And oh, that's I what just, I thought. I was 25. It makes me feel sick as well and do you know what it actually looks like it looks like a nightclub stamp i just vomited in my mouth you saying you put your tattoo off center i actually can't look at it now it's not, <laughs> it's not in the middle of your ears it's like my little ocd you're ticking me off anybody who has ocd tendencies or like likes things to be in line or in order finds this tattoo really really unnerving why don't we do a little thread on the facebook discussion group which do you have a tattoo you regret so on your body don't throw anyone else under the bus do you have a tattoo that you regret laura you can kick start it with either of yours that you regret <laughs> I have to. Maybe Matt can put his feet tattoo on there too if you work out what it says. Live by your smile, die by your kiss. Is that what it is? Live by your smile on one leg, die by your kiss. I don't think Matt's – okay, I want to make this very clear though. I don't think Matt's tats are shit. I like Matt's tats, all of them. He has so many and I think that they contribute to like his cool personality vibe. Yeah. I quite like that about him. And like Matt's a good-looking rooster so I feel like – He's got lots of little tattoos, so they don't. He also has a coffin him. that's got a skeleton in it that's holding a naked woman. Does he on his leg? Yeah, so he's got really, so many tattoos. You don't really notice. The- he's got a great big rose on his arm. Was that for the Bachelor? No, he had it before the Bachelor, but it was Man. very coincidental. I can't remember what else. He's got heaps. So he has to get Lola's. Do you know what the one thing I don't like? About the Matt one or? tattoo that I don't, per- I personally don't like, is a neck tattoo. I find that less attractive on a guy. But I like a neck tattoo on a girl. Weird. Yeah. So if Matt came and said he was going to get a neck tattoo, you would say, can you get it somewhere else? I would say to Matt, if he said he's going to get a neck tattoo, I'd say in the work that you do, i.e. wanting to work on TV and doing TV presentations and, you know, working for brands and content and everything else, it's a very strong statement to have a neck tattoo. That's a real look. Are you sure that's the look that you want? And he would be like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Anyway, that is it from us, guys. If you have enjoyed today's episode, please jump onto Apple Podcasts, leave a review. If you fucking hated it, maybe just don't say anything and just <laughs> live your life and go on your merry, merry way. And, uh, if you want to get yourself a copy of We Love Love, the book, you can jump onto the website. It is www.lifeuncutpodcast.com.au. Would you believe I actually signed a book at a pub up in Queensland? It was the cutest thing. Someone had a book there and asked me to sign it. Do you know, would you believe I found our book in the airport in town? I was coming through the airport bookshop and it was in the wrong section at the bottom. <laughs> it was under fiction. Was it? <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why I couldn't see it. I tried to find it at the airport. And I said to Laura, I can't find it. That's probably why I nearly missed my flight too. I was like, I can't find our book anywhere, but maybe it was just sold out. It was put under fiction. Well, did you move it somewhere else? Yeah, I re-merged it into the top bestsellers at the front. Front, front and centre. <laughs> you just put some streamers around it, put some like big arrows, like look here, shop here, buy here. Totally. Anyway, that is it from us, guys. You know the drill. Tell your mum, tell your dad, tell your dog, tell your friends and share the love because we, we love love. love.